Welcome into Inside the Nest. It is homecoming week for Kennesaw State football as the Owls play host to an old foe for the first time since 2018. Kennesaw State and Tennessee Tech get together. We kick it off this Saturday, 3 o'clock. Get your tickets, ksuowls.com slash tickets. We look back at the loss against Central Arkansas and preview this matchup and a little bit more. Connor Cummins is our student-athlete spotlight today, and it's all coming up on Inside the Nest. And we are joined by Caleb O'Neill, Bryce Gobert, Brandon Sutton. Barkley Miller will join us here later on ITN, and we'll get Jordan Griffith for his thoughts looking around the A-Sun. But first, guys, we have to address the game this past Saturday. It was a tough one for Kennesaw State, falling to Central Arkansas. I think the final score is deceiving because there was a lot of momentous plays early on that went in favor of the Bears. And then in the second half, it really just started to snowball. What is your one big takeaway from looking back at the Bears and the Owls this past Saturday? I think my big takeaway here, Nolan, this week has been, and, and you kind of touched on it there, the score didn't really reflect the game. The Owls had a lot of momentum early on in the first half, had a couple calls that didn't really go their way, that if you look at it, would have made this game a lot closer. If you go back to the one reception by you or by Central Arkansas, runner had, I forget who, who the player was, but had the ball running and then tried to switch hands and dropped it, and it was called an incomplete pass, yet took three steps, seen it multiple times in other games where he did a quote-unquote football move um, to make that play, and the call just didn't go the Owls' way. And then the other one was in the end zone. Owls thought they had a receiving touchdown, um, but again, that one just didn't go the Owls' way either. So a couple tough calls went against Kennesaw State. They had a a lot of good opportunities to score in this game, Um, just couldn't quite get the job done and finish it out. But I think overall, the score did – they played played a – better game than what the score reflected. And I think Bryce is right. It's exactly right right there. The score didn't really reflect the everything that was shown in that football game from the very beginning. The Kennesaw State team, they were good, and they, they, we saw a lot of good things from them. But my big thing coming out of that game is that we're still seeing a team that's still building. And these guys are still having to figure out where they are and come together. So I think, personally, thinking about from my time there, you're going to have to take a game like Saturday and really look yourself in the mirror as a team and start having to start figuring out, figuring these things out. Just Saturday, Saturday occurred because we weren't prepared to the fullest extent of our ability. We need to figure out what we need to do now and how can we right this ship going forward where things are still in front of us and we still can potentially win some things going forward for the rest of the season. And my big takeaway kind of builds off of Brandon a little bit. Um, and I've been an advocate for this my entire football career, my whole life. But we can't leave the decisions and momentum of the game up to the officials. Because regardless of situation, regardless of outcome, if you show up every Saturday and they could have multiple bad calls, multiple breaks not go your way, if you're playing football the way you're supposed to be playing football, you don't have to worry about oh, a missed call here, a missed call there. And I, I feel for for Chavis Marshall, that's the second touchdown he's had taken away from him. Uh, that's a fumble recovery early in the game to really swing the momentum. But I think that if they, if you go out there every Saturday and you play a game to where it's not up to the officials, you're normally, usually going to like the outcome. I like that, Caleb. I think the one big thing that I take away from this ballgame 
is something that uh, the coaches told us in the production call, and, and they've told us this before, but defensively, when the guys in the back end make mistakes, those mistakes turn into six points. Sometimes when the guys up front can make mistakes, it can get massed over, and it's still not good, but it doesn't always end up with the other team playing the fight song in the end zone. So I think that was kind of evident in that ball game on Saturday. Going back to what Brandon said, this team is still building. Kennesaw State now has a great opportunity here. Two more home games, including homecoming this Saturday, to be able to shore things up defensively. I think obviously offensively, we saw the momentous plays not go in KSU's favor. I think there were also some mistakes in the passing game, too. We had a lot of drops in the ball game where guys were open, and I think that changes the outcome of the drives. KSU with a great opportunity to practice this week, shore that up, going up against Tennessee Tech this Saturday. Up next, we're joined by Connor Cummins, our student-athlete spotlight for the week. Cummins, the A-Sun special teamer last week, had another field goal in a series of touchbacks against Central Arkansas. He and the Owls prepare for Tennessee Tech, ksuals.com slash tickets to snag your tickets. Connor Cummins joins us next on ITN. Meet the Owls up close and personal and engage with Owl Nation. Show your support for the black and gold and stay up to date on all of our social media platforms. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter and Instagram at KennesawSTFB to keep up with news and scores. To stay up to date on all things KSU Athletics, follow us on Twitter at KSU Owl Nation, as well as following us on our Instagram and liking our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. We take a look at Kennesaw State special teams this week as the Owls are set to take on the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles, and we're joined by kicker Connor Cummins. Connor, you were named ASUN Special Teamer of the Week a couple of weeks ago after the game against North Alabama. Against UCA, you added a field goal, and then you continue to succeed in kickoffs, booting them out of the back of the end zone. And Connor, I want to talk about that first because I feel like in college football, that is something that fans may take for granted is the ability for a kicker to consistently boot one out of the back of the end zone. What goes into being a kickoff specialist compared to doing something, whether it's an extra point or a field goal? What's different about that? The big thing I get from kickoffs, it's kind of like a free kick. You've got all the time in the world to just set it up there and boot the ball. And, you know, hearing the band go boom, 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 as you take each step. And, you know, when you make ball contact and you launch the ball to the back of the end zone, it's, it's just a big adrenaline surge and it may not seem like much, but that's just something that I take personally. And I love each and every time I do, it's something that I really enjoy doing when I do each kickoff here at Kennesaw. Do you have any goals set within a game, like a certain rate or a certain number of touchbacks that you want to have? Uh, yeah. So, you know, the expectation is that, you know, when we step on the field, the ball is going to be in the end zone or when we go to a field goal, the ball is going to be through the upright. So my goal is, you know, from now on, you know, I've started hitting touchbacks pretty consistently to, you know, make that a pretty consistent thing and make that every time. Do you have dreams of actually trying to kick it through the uprights on a kickoff? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. You know, it'd be pretty cool if they, you know, make that a point or, you know, three points. But, you know, it's always something pretty cool to do to the fans and, you know, maybe get the team a little riled up with it. So, Connor, you're a local product out of Walton High School. 
How did you decide upon Kennesaw State? Was that something that you had looked at early being local here in Cobb County? Tell me a little bit more about your recruiting process and why you chose KSU. So Kennesaw was, you know, the local school I had in high school. My senior year, I opted to do dual enrollment through Kennesaw State and started taking some classes, some college classes to kind of get ahead. And, you know, as recruiting kind of went on the cycle, you know, got a couple offers to a couple other schools. Me and my family kind of thought it would be best, you know, to kind of just stay at home, continue doing what we're doing at Kennesaw because I was enjoying what I was doing at classes at Kennesaw. Kennesaw is right in my backyard. Nothing like being a little hometown hero if that became the opportunity that arises. Okay, so Connor, man, I just got a couple questions for you. So, like, when you were down there on the sidelines, man, do you have any, like, sideline or, like, pre-kick routines that you go to before every game or for every kick? Yeah, so y'all, you guys will see us by the net. The thing that I kind of go to is I like to – we have these things called no steps, and it's all just about ball contact and kind of getting into a groove of, you know, kind of mentally preparing ourselves before we step onto the field. I'll do a few of those, and then I'll start hitting, you know, actual full-step field goals. And I think I'll hit about three no-steps and about three full-step field goals. I kind of start feeling mentally prepared, and I start watching on the sideline where the ball is at to kind of start adjusting my aiming point, how I'm going to start kicking the ball, whether if it's going to be an extra point, just kind of getting it up, or if it's going to be a long 48, 50-yard field goal, we got to start driving it a little more to make sure we got the leg for it. Okay, okay. And so, like, whenever you're up with the PATs, I know it's more like a team effort, you know, your holder, your snapper. How close are you with those guys? Like, when you guys go out to eat, do they, uh, you know, uh, order your food and deliver it to you? Like, No, sir. It's, uh, you know, we all kind of just go out there and, you know, it's all a team effort. Um, you know, my big thing on extra point and field goals is that, you know, the offense, those O-linemen, they're out there. You know, I love to give them a high five, you know, congratulate them on a great offensive drive. You know, the extra point's just to cap off the drive. <laughs> and so um, in, in this past few weeks, I just want to Try to get in your head a little bit. What's it been like stepping into this, uh, stepping into the starting kicking role and just being able to just keep yourself uh, performing at such a high level with all these uh, touchbacks, no goal performance last week? What's it been like for you? It's been a blessing. You know, obviously there's been lots of competition this past year with me and Nate and, you know, Coach Bo giving me the opportunity to step up into the position. You know, it's just all about taking advantage of the opportunity. And that's kind of what we are. You know, with specialists, we get one opportunity, you get one shot. And, you know, that's kind of we're all precision based and, you know, just being able to, to take advantage and capitalize on each opportunity we get. You know, it's just a it's been a blessing to be a part of this and be given the opportunity. Man, that's great to hear. Hey, we love seeing you out there. You're doing great. Keep it up, man. Thank you. So, Connor, did you expect to earn a Sun special teams player of the week this early after getting your chance? I mean, that's pretty special. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. I was completely shocked when I got it, you know. You know, going in, doing your debut, you know, you kind of never really expect something like that. You're kind of more just focused on just getting the job done and doing whatever the team needs. But, you know, that was an, an accolade that came along on the side. And, you know, I told the guys, like, I was, you know, super happy to get it. But, you know, we kind of moved on from that. And, we, you know, we're trying to attack the next week to make sure that, you know, that could be something that can happen every week from now on. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Also, looking forward, right, what are some goals – for Connor moving forward after, especially after this year? I got a couple goals in mind. Um, I kind of talked to Coach Bo about him at the start of the year in fire presented with the opportunity. Goals were to be, you know, perfect on extra points. Those are your your money kicks. You can't miss those. And then just being 80% on touchbacks, 90% on field goals. So you get that 80, 90, 100 kind of just flair with, you know, the NBA, you see those 
40, 50, 90 guys, kind of make that something for kicking. That's kind of a goal of mine to start heading towards. And I don't know if this is a weird question or not for a kick, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys like to model their game after somebody, right? Uh, who is a kicker that you like to model your game after? For me, uh, Justin Tucker. Just the way that he just presents himself, the confidence that he has on the field, you know, his his GOAT status, you know, he is just money. He is clutch. He is everything you could envy in a kicker. And just being able to model that and try to be somewhere close to that status is just something I try to do and mirror every day. I like it, man. That's awesome. Good luck for the rest of the year. It's nice talking to you. Thank you. Connor, last question for you here. Did you have an opportunity to see the end of the Tennessee-Alabama game Saturday night? Yes, I did. So the kicker hits it, and he gives his little celebration. What will your celebration be when you hit a game winner for Kennesaw State? I think just kind of just getting in that little circle of, you know, being with Josh, being my holder, and Zane being my snapper, and just kind of just trying to celebrate with the guys because that's kind of what it's all about, you know, capping off a great win as a team, you know, with a, you know, hint of special teams at the very end. I love it. Connor, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it here on Inside the Nest. Best of luck against Tennessee Tech. Thank you. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a fifth third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking. A Fifth Third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Any time before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank, NA member FDIC. Last week, guys, saw some high-flying offenses in the A-Sun. Obviously, Central Arkansas went for 51, but the other important scores, Austin P 52-17 over Murray State. We've seen a team like Jack State earlier in the year beat up on a team like Murray State. They win 52-17. They go up to as high as number 24 in some of the polls, depending on where you look for them. And then EKU, still number 23 in some polls, but they lost to Sam Houston State 25 to 17. We know Sam Houston State, national title winner two years ago, the number one overall seed in the playoffs just last year, 25 to 17 in a transitioning Sam Houston State team as they transition to FBS as well. Then Jacksonville State and North Alabama. The score was kind of not indicative of how this game went, 47 to 31. But again, like Kennesaw State fans know better than anybody. North Alabama hung in that game up until the very end. One of the most competitive teams in the A-Sun. Need to learn how to close, but that's another encouraging result for the Lions. Now, something to keep track of every single week is the A-Sun WAC power rankings. Right now, Stephen F. Austin with a gigantic lead against everybody else, 89% in first place. In second place, Abilene Christian at 72%. But guys, the most important part of this, those two teams still have to play each other. So Abilene Christian gets a win. They'll likely get into a much better spot to get that number one ranking in the power rankings. And then Austin P, the number one A-Sun team at number three with a 71%. And they are followed by Tarleton, EKU, Central Arkansas, Southern Utah, Kennesaw State at eight right now with a 49%, followed by Utah Tech and North Alabama.
Still a lot of games to be played. These rankings will certainly shuffle around before the end of the season, guys. And some games that are going to shake up these rankings, Jacksonville State, Southeastern Louisiana. Again, that doesn't necessarily have any that doesn't necessarily have any indication on the postseason or the A-Sun champs, but an interesting game to keep a track of. Both very potent offenses going at it. Then EKU and North Alabama, both of these teams looking for their first A-Sun win. Who would have thought saying that sentence out loud in mid to late October right now? North Alabama going to EKU a 3 p.m. kick. And that's what's going on in the A-Sun, guys. And welcome back on Inside the Nest. So there was big news dropped the day before the game against Central Arkansas, and that is the fact that the Owls are moving on up to Conference USA, effective July one. 2024, a momentous day, not just for KSU athletics, gentlemen, but Kennesaw State University as a whole. As much as this is an athletics thing, this is an institutional thing on top of that. And I want to get y'all's thoughts first, namely you, Brandon, starting out with as an OG, someone who helped build the most successful startup in college football history. By the time 2024 gets here, the Owls will have gone about a decade from birthing football to playing in the FBS. What does that mean for someone like yourself to help lay the foundation? Looking back to uh, 2014, when I graduated high school and was committing with Kennesaw State, going to build something, that was just something that was always, people always talked about. Like, hey, you guys are starting a program when, when we're doing FBS. We always, like, we always thought it was just something we had to continue to keep working towards and keep building towards. And to see that just in 10 years, just 2024 is not that far away. And it's not still not that far away from when I was still playing here, but it's just so exciting to see that Kennesaw State's finally getting some of that recognition that we always felt like we didn't get as much of when we were still playing here. It's just now that this entire program and team and university is giving recognition that they can move up to an FBS level where they get more scholarships, more money for the team, which will continue to help this program just continue to build and build and build and become even better and better over time. So as a former player and alumni with the guy for these guys i'm just really excited to see where this team is going and just the direction that coach Bond and the staff has been able to lead this program caleb i want to go to you next as someone who just played at kennesaw state football so in just the the limited history of ksu football brandon was there at the start you've been there recently but your career kind of resided in the middle of ksu football how did you react to the news as someone who picked up kind of where sutton and his squad left off i think it's a really exciting and great opportunity for like Brandon said because I like like and you said I played with the OGs I was there when they left I was there when we kind of refueled and kind of tried to make our another run in the playoffs now that they were all gone and then now I'm sitting here on this podcast and we're talking about it so it's really cool that I got to I feel like I got to see all, a bunch of different sides of it from just the hard work and grittiness and just determination that the OGs had literally every single day to people are starting to recognize Kennesaw State a little bit and we're given an opportunity like this to go play against teams that for majority of our career has just been a one-time of false occurrence and I think it's going to be a really good opportunity and like Brandon said more more money for scholarships more athletes on the 
on the roster. And I think it's a great opportunity to take eat as coach Bohannon says on the front of our helmets and to really show the entire nation and with conference USA, pretty much Texas to the East coast. Hey, this is, we're Kennesaw state. This is our eat and this is what we're about. So let's do it. I like that, Caleb. Bryce, I know it's only been a limited amount of time from the recording of this podcast now going back to when the announcement was made, but what's the buzz been like from a student perspective at Kennesaw State? Yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, talking to a couple people, uh, it, it, it's been, oh, we're going to move up to the FBS. We're going to be playing these big-time schools, and I think that's going to draw a lot of excitement from students. I mean, you look at it now as students really want to see these games and see these big games being played at Fifth Third Bank Stadium and even traveling on the road. So having the opportunity to finally get that opportunity to move up to an FBS level and and get the chance to show what Kennesaw State, like Caleb said, is truly, really made up and that eat mentality. um, It's been really exciting. And I know for me personally, I've only been here. This is my going on in my second year. And from last year to this year, I mean, we saw what we were able to do last year. If we can continue even from some positives this year, we have a really good shot of performing really well at an FBS level, and especially in Conference USA. And it's been really exciting, and I think a lot of people, including myself, are really excited to see this move. Look at this, Brandon. Bryce walks into Kennesaw State Athletics as a freshman. The Owls win the Big South Championship, and then year two, KSU announces and moves up to the FBS. Kids these days, am I right? Uh, just just constantly spoiling these guys, man. Just getting everything they want. I think I think it's just special. I think it's me. I think, you know, me coming in, that kind of sparked everything. We'll be sure to add you to the press conference, okay, Bryce? Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make good. sure that you I'm get your uh, your spotlight. First things first, though, Kennesaw State, it, it's going to have its eyes ahead to planning for 2024, but the present is the priority for KSU, and that starts this Saturday against Tennessee Tech. An opponent, Caleb and Brandon, you guys are familiar with. The Owls won in 2017. They jumped out to a 27-0 lead at halftime and then cruised 27-14 in front of a great crowd at the bank. And in 2018, on a Thursday, I believe, nationally televised game, the Owls went up to Cookville and just spanked the Golden Eagles. 2022, different storylines for both of these squads. Let's dive into it, Brandon Sutton. How does the KSU offense look against the Tennessee Tech defense? All right, jumping into things, going into this week's game is going to be a big rebound from a Ken, for Kennesaw State offensively. These guys are looking to try to put in uh, put the finishing touches on things that they were able to get going last week in the UCA game. So this week, look for Coach Chestnut and these guys to try to roll things back to the simplification of the playbook. As uh, me and Caleb know, back last time when we went to play these guys up in Cookville, it was really rainy, so it was really storm. So we didn't get to open up the playbook too much. But with what with the stuff we had, simple inside stuff, a uh, few gives, a couple pitch plays for the young guys, it, it, we had, we were able to have a really effective offensive uh, plan. And this year, I think Coach Chester's going to go back to what we were able to do in 2018 and just try to keep things simple, not get too far out there. But we're also going to be able to look to keep this passing game that we've continued to see these past few games going and building and building because these guys are getting dialed in with that. And it's been so effective in opening up these offenses, getting them out of these tight looks up front and in the middle. So this week, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be able to get Isaac Foster and these guys going on the slot with the slots. And these wideouts also got to look to be available, too. And I'm sure there's a few guys with Chavis and uh, uh, Blake Bowen looking to make, get some fewer redemption shots for a couple of drop balls from last weekend. 
And oddly enough, fun fact for you, Tennessee Tech was the first live snap of college football I ever played in Cookville in 2018. So they have Tennessee Tech and Cookville, Tennessee has a special place in my heart for uh, college football. So fun fact from that game, though, Caleb, do you, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember from what, what time we actually kicked off? I know it was like really late because we sat in the locker room for like an hour and a half or two hours. It was <laughs> it was leaking rain on us through the stadium. It was it was yeah. a great kickoff was seven oh three. It was a three hour game. Well, KSU rushed for five hundred and seven yards in that ball game, winning forty nine to ten. The Golden Eagles actually made the first points of the game, kicked a field goal, and then KSU opened up the onslaught of a rushing attack on that rainy, wet evening in Cookville, Tennessee. Fun memories, you guys. Let's look into the special teams matchup. Caleb, what stands out in special teams between these two squads? On kickoffs, Tennessee Tech is giving up an average of 22.5 yards per return, which is which is good. That's that's better than a fair catch for, for them speaking. But I think that we're going to have a really good chance to see Gabe Benyard break out of the stable and really take off and take one for a big game this week. Then for them, their leading returner is David Gist. He is a running back for them. He's a guy to to look out for. They they don't they're statistically on their returns and all that. There's nothing that really is jumps out at you. But that's the that's the name of this game in FCS football is that you never know. There's everyone on that both sides of the ball have the ability. They're all some dudes. And you have to take every week, no matter what the stats look like, no matter what it's been like before, and turn it up another notch every week because people are going to get better and grow every single week. And Barkley Miller, thanks for joining us here. I know you're busy with work this week, but what do you look for in the Owls defense against this Golden Eagle offense? So, yeah, guys, I mean, you know, looking forward to this weekend. I think it could be a really big bounce back weekend for Kennesaw State. Um, they definitely need one. It's been a tough year. Uh, just a lot of things we talk about on the broadcast, and a lot of things really just haven't bounced Kennesaw's away for whatever reason. It seems like every time there's just that one play that just kind of has you on the precipice of busting open the game or, you know, kind of coming back in the game. It just doesn't – it hasn't gone their way yet. But looking forward to Tennessee Tech, I mean, this is a team that's also kind of trying to find their way as well which is good because Kennesaw State's kind of, you know, they're floating around. It's different. Uh, the Kennesaw State faithful has never really been here. Now, the one thing, Kennesaw State's facing another offense that is very pass-heavy. Tennessee Tech likes to throw the ball around. Uh, last weekend, they threw their quarterback through for 270 yards. Now, uh, he, he's a really good player. He has trouble reading defenses sometimes, which is pretty good because our, our secondary – they need to step up in this game. This is going to be a big game for them. I'm sure Coach Bohan is going to call them out and challenge them to be better and be the best that they can be. And this is a big op opportunity for them to do it this week. Um, really excited about it. I mean, I know Coach Verpeil is going to put a new wrinkle on the defense. Very curious what, that, what, what that's going to be. And then another thing is defense, they just need to grow every week. we got to remember, we're, we're rolling with some linebackers that are really young. They need this playing experience. I liked what Coach Verpale did in the second half last week. 
uh, against Central Arkansas, where we started running a lot of blitzes, kind of got the linebackers out of thinking a lot more. They were just kind of running through gaps. I think that really helped out um, in the in the second half. You know, Central Arkansas didn't have as much success. Really, it felt like it was a lot of busted plays for them too. Just guys being out of position, having their eyes in the wrong places. I know that's going to get coached up. I want to have a really positive outtake for the rest of this year. It's it's different, but it's kind of crazy that we're in this position. And the A-Sun's so topsy-turvy, you never know what's going to happen. Central Arkansas slipped up against Lindenwood. They could easily slip up to a few other A-Sun opponents going through the year. And Kennesaw State could go on a winning streak. You know? And we could still come out as A-Sun champions. The ball is still in our court, in my opinion. Very weird, very weird year, but um, excited nonetheless. And it's it's been fun to watch, and it's going to continue to be fun to watch. Well, we're looking forward to it again. KSUowls.com slash tickets or call the ticket office for the homecoming matchup 3 o'clock Saturday, Kennesaw State and Tennessee Tech. One last break. When we come back, Factor Fiction and the scoreboard round on Inside the Nest. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Back here on ITN. All right, Bryce Gobert, take it away with our Would You Rather and Fact or Fiction. All righty, thanks, Nolan. So first we're going to go with Would You Rather, and this one is going to be an interesting one. I think I'm going to know the answer, but I still want to see. Would you rather have your favorite home-cooked meal or go to your favorite restaurant and have your favorite meal there? Favorite home-cooked meal, hands down, no question. Why so? Something special about mom's chicken parm just always hits on a good sunday night and you know you can't beat it going out to a restaurant versus eating at home with family yeah no that's that's a really good answer connor i think i would say the same thing you can't beat home cooked ever um restaurants are cool and all but man grandma fries with the chicken next level this one's an easy one for me i'm taking the home cooked meal every stinking time because you go to a restaurant you get your meal and that's all there's no seconds. There's no fix it up the way you want. It just comes out on a plate, and there it is. You What's go, that go, you go to, to Caleb? Oh, it depends. It it depends on the day. You know, if it's my if it's my nana, it's some pork tenderloin and mashed potatoes and green beans and corn. But if it's my meemaw, it's it's a ham with some deviled eggs and some baked beans, some macaroni and cheese again, maybe some more corn, a big old glass of sweet tea. I mean, going back for seconds, man, I got to go with a home-cooked meal. You got to get full on that thing, not just, oh, that was good. You know, I'm filling up. So I'm going to have to go against Kate because I, I trust me, man, I understand. I get it. I've been there on the Thanksgiving, you know, that third Thanksgiving plate you get, you're just like, oh, everything's right in the world. But on the other hand, you know, when you go to your favorite restaurant, get your favorite thing on the menu, 
it just hits a little different, man. And, and controversial statement here. Stuffed chicken, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, greatest thing we ever have in the world. I know, controversial, chicken at Steakhouse, but you guys will live. Brandon, you'll have to take me uh, out to dinner at Ruth Chris one night to try that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to set that one up. I, I've got two different takes on this, okay? If my mom's listening in, it's the home-cooked meal. If my mom's not listening in, given that we have a a three-month-old at home and a home-cooked meal would require myself or my wife making the meal, and I have zero energy for that these days, I'm going to take my favorite meal at a restaurant. What that is, it would require... It's a steak from the Drover in Omaha, Nebraska. So it would require flying out there for that. So again, this is just all hypotheticals, right? So there's going to be teleportation and I'm magically there and the steak's ready for me. So that's my uh, political playing both sides of the coin two-part answer there, Bryce. I like it. I like it. You know, it, it, It's a tough one. Caleb, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was about to say, y'all are, y'all are really making me miss Volcano Steak and Sushi right there on off Barrett Parkway, man. Y'all are making me think about it. Y'all are making me double-second-guess myself here. Because a good chicken and steak or chicken and shrimp with some double rice and no vegetables, hot off the grill with the fire flowing out of the top. No of the, veggies? Yeah, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a no-veggie guy. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm basically five years old. But I do no, like this is how you get your food. veggies in, Caleb. This is like the only way I get my veggies in is when it's it's all in the soy sauce and you can dip it in all their other sauces. That's like the only way I can eat my veggies. That's that's very true. But I'll, I'll get my veggies in when I put some green beans in my meal prep. You know, I'll be all right. I'm going to Volcano to throw down, man. Give me the yum yum sauce, the whole nine. I'm piling it on and eating it as fast as i can eat it because that junk is good well now we're going to move into factor fiction and after the rave reviews that i received last week i'm going to take this off of bryce's plate i will now be asking factor fiction so we'll have to think of how this affects the scoreboard at the end since i was in the lead but it's fine i'll take one for the team here i understand so your two statements in a regular deck of cards all kings have a mustache or when the two numbers on opposite sides of the dice are added together the result is always seven which one's true which one's false the first one's fact and the second one's fiction all right barkley can you repeat the first one cheater in a regular deck of cards all kings have a mustache try to think about cards um that's tough. I'm going to go with Connor. First one's fact, second one's fiction. So It's weird being on this side of things now, I will say. Now, welcome to the show, Bryce. It's coming for you. You get to overthink. You get to think, oh, I feel like I know this, but I don't. Yep, every time. <laughs> I'm going to say the second one is fact, and the first statement is fiction. So I've I've heard something before about the the numbers on a on a die or dice i just don't know if it's seven i know it's a number but don't know if it's seven but i'm gonna go with that it's the 
the numbers adding up to seven is fact and that not all kings have mustaches on in the deck of cards. You know what? Just since it's my first time, I'm going to go against the grain here and just thinking about a deck of cards. I've been trying to do the math here on what a dice looks like, and I can't remember. So, oh, and from what I can visualize a king card looking like, I think I have to go with it. All kings have mustaches. It just seems, it just seems right. I must ask you all a question. Oh, boy. No, I'm not going to do that. Guess what? The correct answer for what's true is that when two numbers and opposite sides of the dice are added together, the result is always seven. You know what's fake and what's false? In a regular deck of cards, all kings have a mustache. That is not true because the king of hearts has no mustache. He's clean-shaven. Even visualizing the dice, I thought one, six, mm. four, three, five, two. I didn't know which way they went. I got to give it to you. Know, you're pretty good at this. It's like you have experience prior to this. I'm just throwing this out there. I've I've had a dice, held a dice a few times, and it's no matter which one you have, it's always one and six on the belt, front, back, and then you just sit there and think about it. It's only two other sides. You got to remember, guys. Come on, four and three, and then five and two. Spoken like a man that had success in Vegas this past spring. Oh, you can't just saying all that. You might start putting me on a list somewhere. And, and success is a broad term too when it comes to that category there's very many different definitions of success in terms of uh things that have to do with vegas yeah. and dice yeah we can go more in depth on that on our network plus we'll be out with some subscription info for that later on guys thanks for joining us connor best of luck against tennessee tech this weekend